Anyway, my dear brothers and sisters, this is special grace, unity thing of the special grace. We are candidate, we are the, you know, we are the people of the all of the special grace. You know, everybody has a small, small mistake or someone big mistake. Everybody, we are same things. We teach what that's why. We need to prepare our heart and mind very well to receive this special grace. And those who do not know yet, please inform to your neighbor, our blessed family, everybody participate for this special grace. Good morning. Good morning, my dear brothers and sisters, clergy and ambassador for peace. 안녕하십니까? Uh, today, I'd like to talk about God's ideal family and the kingdom of peaceful ideal world one from True Mother's Anthology, Volume 2. Let's study. God's ideal family and the kingdom of the peaceful ideal world one. Do you know what has pained God's heart, causing him the greatest grief over the long history since the fall of Adam and Eve? God lost his lineage, and with the loss of his lineage, God lost his right of ownership. Let me talk about lineage for a moment. Lineage is more important than life and more important than love. Life and love come together to create lineage. Lineage cannot be established if either life or love is missing. Therefore, among the three qualities that define the parent-child relationship, love, life, and lineage, lineage is the fruit. The seed of true love is embedded in God's lineage. God's lineage provides the context and environment for a true life. Hence, for us to become the ideal people envisioned by God, people of ideal character who can create ideal families, we first need to be linked to his lineage. To take it a step further, only when we are linked to God's lineage is it possible to create God's homeland, the ideal nation. Only when we are linked to God's lineage is it possible to establish world peace. Please inscribe the importance of lineage in your hearts. I cannot emphasize this enough. Without lineage, Neither life nor love can endure. You strive to set a good tradition, yet it will endure only through your lineage. Lineage is the bridge allowing the parent spirit to carry on through subsequent generations. In other words, lineage is the first and final condition necessary for parents to harvest the fruits of their love, the fruits of their life, and the fruits of their joy. We need to know this with certainty. Dr. Young, you're muted. Okay. So lineage is more important than life and more important than love. This is because of life and love and with one life owners. But lineage remains forever through descendants. Love and life come together to create lineage. Lineage cannot be established if either life or love is missing. This life and true love and true lineage are the representative attributes of God's 
true love. But do you know what has remained as the most painful uh, grievance in the history of God's providence of restoration? It is the fact that Adam and Eve, the lineage of God's holy royal family, fell into the lineage of servants because they enter into a, an adulterous relationship with a servant and through Satan. Ultimately, the Messiah come to this earth to change lineage. Unless we are reborn by the Messiah from the true lineage, we cannot become ideal people envisioned by God. That is a people of the ideal character who can create ideal families. To take it a step further, only when we are linked to God's lineage is it, uh, is it possible to create God's homeland, the idealization, only when we are linked to God's lineage is it possible to establish world peace. My brother and sister father said, in this sense, you must also keep in mind that the importance of the lineage cannot be emphasized enough. If there is no bloodline, not only life, but also love will, will be done. Do you know what is the difference between the blessed first generation and second generation? The origin of the lineage of the blessed first generation began with the lineage of Satan, but the lineage was transformed by true parents. However, 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 the origin of the blessed second generation is that they are the lineage of God's royal family, which has nothing to do with the fallen lineage. That's why we need to really need to guide to our second generation, our third generation, our blessed children, need to tell them the, the, the importance of the blood lineage. First generation you know, background comes from satanic blood lineage. However, our second generation, okay, their origin comes from God's royal family lineage, you not know, direct God's blood lineage. That's why Father really concerned and, and so worried so much if really God's royal family blood lineage again mixed with Satan's blood lineage. This is an incredible grief and sadness. Uh, of course, we need to really fix the issue, right? There are many kinds of issues, right? However, we need to know that. Parents really need to be aware of that. What's the difference uh, between first generation and second generation? First generation, we come from satanic, you know, lineage background. However, second generation is different. Come from God's direct lineage which is God's royal family lineage. This is really incredible, my brothers and sisters. You know, why Messiah need to come? Because of the blood lineage. You know, why should we learn God's, God's word, this and that, of course, important, life of faith is important. What's the most important as the Messiah mission? Changing blood lineage. Changing blood lineage. 
Without changing polarity, how can I, we can become individually ideal person, ideal how can we establish an ideal family, ideal nation, ideal world? Based upon changing blood lineage. Blessing means changing blood lineage. This is the most important, as the, the mission of the Messiah, most important mission is changing blood lineage. We need to know about this point. Next, uh, living divine principle, we are talking about uh, eschatology and human history, right? Uh, still, we sharing about the, the part of the introduction. Let's study. Eschatology and human history. Human history. We dwell in ignorance of history, uncertain about its origin, the direction in which it is heading, and its final destination. Concerning eschatology, or the doctrine of the last days, many Christians believe literally what is written in the Bible. The heavens and the elements will melt with fire. The sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and, be, and the stars will fall from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise to meet the Lord in the air. However, we must ask whether these events will take place literally or whether the verses are symbolic. To address this issue, we should first understand such fundamental matters as the purpose of God's creation, the meaning of the human fall, and the goal of the providence of restoration. So let's just study Father's word. What should be the guiding ideology of the 21st century? In conclusion, what should be the guiding ideology of the 21st century. It is the ideology which is built on religious contents exceeding philosophical thought. God is not an ideological being. Therefore, this world needs to be one in which God can live together with us and lead our daily lives. That is none other than the world which realizes religious ideals and philosophical ideals. However, it doesn't mean that the world is ideological. It is the world in which we can substantially live together with God, who is the absolute being and the absolute origin of peace. That is what the world of the 21st century should be. Yeah, Father talking about a very important thing. What should be the guiding ideology of the 21st century? Father said, it should be an ideology in which is built on religious content, exceeding philosophical thought. God is not an ideological being. Therefore, this world needs to be one in which God can live together with us. God must be an ideology that can lead our daily lives. God must be a God who can substantially live with us and appear as an absolute being. If a God is merely a transcendent being, he becomes a God who has no relationship with human beings, humans. The relationship between God and me is the same as the relationship between the mind and the body, and it is the relationship between parents and children. So it is a relationship that cannot be separated. 
So how can we become someone who can substantially live and be one with the living God? Since God comes where the body and mind become one, we must first achieve unity of body and mind. Next, the husband and wife must become one. Parents and children must become one. And brothers and sisters must become one. This should be the guiding ideology of the 21st century. Many people think, think that God is a kind of the, uh, the transcendent, transcendent, uh, the, uh, transcendent being. Think like that. Just kind of like conceptual. God is not like that. It's, God, even though God is invisible, very much is substantial, very much real. The relationship between God and me, parent and child, like a mind and body. You cannot separate mind and body, right? You cannot separate from God. Can much close, can much inseparable relationship between God and me. That's why this kind of the guiding ideology of the uh, this uh, this kind of this kind of ideology should be the guiding ideology of the 21st century. Very substantial, very real, not conceptual. Okay, not a trans transcendent being. Is very wow. This is a true father explained very clearly, and true father really attain God, even though he's an invisible being, attain God. I think like a, like a really as a substantial being. This God, true father, showed this one. How can we live together with God? This is really amazing. Why Jesus is so great? Very clear how to attend God, how to live with God together. And true parents show very clearly as a human being, how can we live together with God? Wow, this is an incredible example. Buddhism show that kind of way clearly. Other religious show that kind of, the, uh, that kind of the, the example clearly. You know, unification ideology, very clear, very real, very much relate, relate to our daily lives. God, God is not conceptual God, not just only I, ideal, I, ideology God. We need to understand this point. Next. Where must we go? We must seek an unfallen world centered on God. That world will be 180 degrees different from this world. To what degree? 180 degrees. It will be fundamentally different. This satanic world has taken root centered on false love. Then what is the fall? The fall started from self-awareness. Self-awareness stems from a self-centered mind, which tries to advance one's own interests. History testifies to this. Therefore, at the end of the world, we will enter the era of the collapse of wealth achieved by individual interests rather than the interest of the world. This will be the conclusion of fallen history. This will inevitably happen. Yeah. Next. Look at the United States now. After World War II, God assigned the whole world to the United States. However, since it couldn't fulfill its responsibility, it has lost everything. Today, young Americans do not have any view of the world. 
Yeah, we are living in the last day. Where must we go? The way centered on God that we seek is 180 degrees different from the way that the fallen world is today. The path to following the world is the top path centered on Satan. The path is completely self-centered and begins centering on self-centered interests. So in the end, it will surely perish. Satan is 100% self-centered. Therefore, if you think of yourself first, you are doomed. The beginning of Satan is self-centered. On the contrary, the heaven-centered path is 100% God-centered. Heaven is always altruistic. Either family rather than individual, the nation rather than family, the world uh, then the nation, and God rather than the world. From such a principle, if a United States flows centered on its own country, it will gradually go down the path of ruin. On the other hand, if it gradually becomes a country that lives and contributes to the world, it will develop forever and become the center of the world. Do young people in America today have any view of the world? They are not thinking of the world. This is the issue. Now, if any country does not think of the world, everything will only flow. Any individual family or tribe will uh, all just flow if they do not think of the world. In the end, after graduating from the end of the individual and the end of the nation, everyone must go out with the worldview. This is very important, my brothers and sisters. In the view of these principles, the way to save America's young people and the blessed second generation or third generation is to plan, is to plan the vision and dreams for the world and send them out for world mission. Our final stage for the sake of the world, but my brothers and sisters, not only the United States, but now 200 countries around the world must serve the world to survive. Therefore, not only those who live for the salvation of the world, the salvation of the mankind, and the total salvation will remain before God forever. That's why I love the concept of total salvation. You know, unification church, uh, the, the concept of unification church salvation is what? Total salvation. Nobody remain. Nobody remain in the hell. That's why total means not just only centering on individual or family or nation. Centering on the world. World means meaning of the total. That's why God loved the world and sent his only begotten, begotten son to the world. Not just only for nation. Not just only for people. For the sake of the world. That's why God's concept is always total. Total means all mankind, without exception. Total means the saving the whole world. That's why Father, as the Messiah, come to save the world and save the old mankind, without exception, everybody. That's why talking about, he always talking about, 
whole tongue salvation as the parents, he need to save everybody without exception. Try to, to win over this kind of the concept of the salvation. They try to father, to mother. Our true parents are so great. Our divine principle is so great. Can embrace entire world, entire human being, including even spiritual world. This is the concept of the true parents ideology. Total salvation. That's why America need to live for the sake of the world, need to live for the sake of the old mankind. Then America can have great hope. And our second generation, our third generation, our future generation can see great hope. Let them serve the world. Let them serve all mankind. Treat them as a one family. Treat them as a, my own brothers and sisters. Need to create one family under God. This philosophy is so beautiful. One family under God. How beautiful. That's why true parents must be the Messiah. He bring, he bring this kind of concept, this kind of concept of the salvation. How beautiful. Which religion have this kind of concept? It is really, really beautiful. You just only believe in Jesus and, and only you can enter the kingdom of heaven. However, your brother, own brothers and sisters do not believe in God, even though same family, you go to the hell. God's concept of the salvation is not like that. Without exception, everybody have to be what God's blood lineage. God's blood lineage. Then, then God really completely can save the any human being, including spiritual world. Wow, really? That's why Father Moon and Mother Moon they should be the Messiah, bring out this kind of the really concept of the salvation, right? Today, uh, today's youth ministry, keep your first motive very well. And let's just start it. I will fall if I forget the motive and aim of the creator who created me. God told Eve, do not eat of the fruit. Yet Eve disregarded God's words and formed a reciprocal relationship with the archangel and ended up falling. As a result, the fall is forgetting God's motive and aim in creating us in the relationship between you and me and then giving and receiving horizontally. When we have relationships with one another, if we forget the motive of the creator who created us, it becomes the fall. If you deviate from the central figure's motives and give and take with self-centered motives, you will leave the relationship with God and end up falling in the end. For example, let's say there is a case where you say, I absolutely support God, but I cannot give and receive with God in this one thing. There are people who receive the blessing from true parents and were troubled about their partner thinking, should I give up on this or not? But the important point here is, who made them come together as blessing candidates? You must go back to find your motivation for receiving the blessing. Since true parents are the ones that made them come together, you cannot try to resolve matters horizontally. Yeah, absolutely right. 
Where does the fall begin? The fall starts from the forgetting God's motive and aim in creating us. God told Eve to not eat of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. Yet, Eve dis completely disregarded God's word and did not think about the motive behind it. Therefore, if you lose the purpose and motive and meaning of our life in our lives, we will flow horizontally. It is like a, like a sailing ship without a you know, a compass. Therefore, in our life of faith, we must be clear about our goals and vision and motives. And I have to ask myself a fundamental question, who am I? What do I exist for? It's about where I am going. If we forget the motive behind God creating us, Satan will soon enter horizontally. Therefore, you must live your life thoroughly centered on God's will, not centered on your will. Even when I myself decide my matching partner, I shouldn't, I shouldn't decide it because I like it, I, I hate it, I, I don't like that kind of type or what, you know. You should not decide like that. Each motives and decision must come purely from heaven. So you must ask heaven. Anyway, I really appreciate all the matching support about you know, our second generation, young generation matching, right? You must ask heaven. Even if you do not get an answer, you will not make a mistake if you uh, make a final decision from God's point of view with all your heart and soul. You know, of course, when I, uh, when I match my uh, three children, all of them received answer from spiritual world, from God, through their dream. Even my couple have the same kind of answer. I think most of them can receive answer through the dream, but somehow, even though they put their effort and hard work, but could not get an answer, then very important. You really need to put really your sincere condition for today, one month or two months and three months, at the end, completely empty your mind and decide centering on God's point of view. Then you don't make mistake. Without substantial prayer condition or chongsong condition, just according to your own physical feeling, oh, this boy is not handsome, this girl is not so beautiful, or character different, or centering on human point of view, you surely make mistake. Some families are in conflict over whether they should live together or divorce even after being blessed. But the important point here is, who made them come together as a blessing candidates? They must go back to find their motivation for receiving the blessing. Since true parents, the one that made them come together, they cannot try to resolve matters horizontally. Of course, some cases really having chapter two issue and then completely ignore God and true parents and then you know, left the church, it's different issues. But at least the both of them really try to serve God, try to uh, the, the, the love through parents, but somehow their relationship not so great and different characteristics and that 
But this kind of case is unique. You can solve the problem when you think about the, your motivation. Your motivation comes from God. You need to think through better. Do not decide just by your own sake. God always looks at the person's motive. Very important. If the motive is self-centered, Satan eventually takes it. If the motive is for the sake of the whole and for God, God surely takes responsibility. Therefore, the motive must be very, very pure. Motive comes from God. Motive for the sake of others. Motive for the sake of the parents. If motive centering on your, your centering your own sake, God cannot intervene at all. We need to know that motivation, how much important it is. Next. The motive for receiving the blessing and the reason for conflicts after the blessing. In the end, the reason you have conflicts with your spouse after receiving the blessing is because you become the subject partner instead of true parents. The blessing is not about true parents accommodating our requests. We must accommodate true parents' wish. Why did you receive the blessing? Bless family's motive for meeting is not to have conflicts with each other. The motive for the blessing began with hope. Isn't that right? When we received the blessing, everyone began with hope. Also, it began with true parents' hope as the motive and with the heart of serving true parents. Wasn't that the motive? Belonging true parents was the motive for the being called I. So I obeyed true parents and received the blessing. However, if you say that you and your partner's personalities don't go well with each other and feel displeased or distressed, you are someone who lost their first motive. Yeah. In the end, the reason you have a conflict with your spouse after receiving the blessing is because you become the subject partner instead of true parents. The blessing is not about true parents accommodating to our request. We must accommodate to true parents' wish. Heaven does not adjust to the object partner. The object partner should adjust to heaven. That's why I have to be very clear which one is subject, which one is the object. Why did you receive the blessing? Blessed family motive for meeting is not to have conflict with each other. Uh, the motive for blessing was received with the sense of the calling and hope to receive it for the sake of the God's will. I received the blessing thinking that receiving the blessing would make God and true parents happy and that this would fulfill their will. In this way, the blessing began with the motive of the fulfilling the wish of God and true parents. Isn't that the motivation? The fact that I belong to my parents, motivated me to obey true parents and receive the blessing. However, if you say that you and your partner's personalities don't go well with each other and feel displeased or distressed, you are someone who uh, you know, lose their first motive. Next. Consequences of forgetting the first motive. If I forget the first motive that was related to God and just give and receive horizontally, 
I will be agonized. Why is that? It is because I create a reciprocal relationship with things of no value. If I give in to things of no value, I will be disappointed and agonized. So I cannot be struck down by horizontal matters or be dominated there. I cannot be dominated by any consequences, environment, or situations. Where do most people who are caught in tests make mistakes? Rather than in their God-centered motive, it is when they are struck by horizontal results. Even if my heart has the motive, I live by heaven, or I will live in peace. If someone ignores me, I get upset and feel bad. Everyone makes mistakes, throwing away their motives and being controlled by results. Therefore, we must look closely at our motives. Yeah, absolutely right. If I forget the first motive that was related to God and just give and receive horizontally, I will be, uh, you know, agonized. Why is that? It is because I create a reciprocal relationship with the things of no value. If I give in to things of no value, I will be disappointed and agonized. So I cannot be struck down by horizontal methods or dominated there. I cannot be dominated by any consequences and environment or situations. Uh, there are tests given to us by God and the spiritual world in our course of the faith. But rather than in their God-centered motive, it happens when they are struck by horizontal results. Even if my heart has the motive, I live by heaven or I live in peace. If someone ignores me, I get upset and feel bad. You already forget your first motivation, right? You know, many tests come to you horizontally. And the environment is not a right environment everywhere. That's why in order to, in order to keep your first motivation, you know, really, you know, you need to know how to handle the environment. Environments always try to test you, sometimes different situations. That's why in order to in order to go forward, always remind again and again and again, what is my motivation? And for your most motivation. When Noah built the, you know, the art at the top of the Ararat mountain, he always keep his first motivation. God gave me. God gave me about this goal. And he reminded me his motivation. Many people insulted him and then, you know, persecuted him. But Noah keep going because he always think his first motivation. He received the, the you know, uh, order from God. Then keep always his motivation. That's why if you lose your first motivation and goal, and God's vision, immediately Satan invade you. That's who is a righteous guy. Keep first motivation all the time. When you are inspired and you got a determination and first motivation, how long you can keep? Some environment comes, someone persecute you, someone insult you, then easily forget and get upset, right? That's why always remind first your motivation. Fallen beings that are the hit by the environment horizontally, 
throw away their motives and are governed by the result. And all of, all of them make a mistake. Therefore, we must take a good look at our original motives. When you, when you remind your original motives and always need to remind and meditation. And your, your, first, your first motivation become more stronger than before. Okay, two times and three times without reminding, without prayer, without jangsong, your motivation will lose and lose and lose and lay down no more power. You really need to give and take with God's word. You always need to give and take with your good able and to get more strong motivation than before. Then you can go forward, right, my brothers and sisters? Next. Keep your first motive well. I cannot be controlled by the environment or waver due to some results. Therefore, the solution to this is be thorough in the motive and let's preserve the motive we have in our position. In the Bible, it says, do not turn out the lamp. If I lose the lamp light and become controlled by results, my spirit will definitely become dark and weak and anguish will arise. Therefore, only when my motives are thorough will I have the drive and hope. Only when your motives are thorough will things happen as you wish. In order not to stumble in your life of faith, my heart to treasure the motive I had in the beginning must be thorough. Do not forget that the motive you set will always give you strength. Therefore, if your motive becomes clouded and uncertain, you will lose strength. Therefore, the motive that you had must always become the cause. Mm. Yeah, thank you, Heavenly Honey. I shouldn't be dominated by circumstances or shaken by any result. If you are easily offended, feel sorry for, and get jealous or envious, or are persecuted or ignored by the people around you, you will lose all of your first motivation. Since I came to America, I determined to keep morning devotion no matter what. Even though many kind of the situations, sometimes physically very, 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 very tired. Sometimes you need to travel here and there, need to record the speech. Many, many challenges come. But always I remind my first motivation, why I started morning devotion, right? So every morning and prepare, every day prepare, whenever I have a time morning devotion, I get so much stimulation. I have more power to go forward. Motivation is very, very important. When you receive the blessing, what your motivation? Why you receive the blessing? You need to remind yourself, what's the meaning of the blessing? What is your determination? You know, how can how, how can I build a relationship with my spouse? No matter what, even my spouse betray me, I can keep still. I have my chaksara with my wife or my husband or my children. You need to always remind first motivation. One, those who always remind first motivation, keep first motivation and determination, we call that guy is what? 
righteous guy. Righteousness means what? No matter what, you never change. Why we call Noah righteous man? He never changed until 120 years. You know, keep his first motivation. That's why we call him. He's a righteous guy. Never change. He never lose first motivation. Therefore, the solution to do to this is pitara in the motive. And let's preserve the motive we have in our position. We must remember the word from the Bible that say that do not turn out the lamp. Okay? Once you lose motivation, you know, no more, no, no, uh, the, uh, no, no more light in your heart. This means if I lose a lamp light and become controlled by result or environment, my spirit will definitely become dark and weak and anguish will arise. Therefore, only when my motives are thorough will I have the drive and hope. Only when your motives are thorough will things happen as you wish. Do not forget that the motive you said will always give you strength. Therefore, I have to leave a center on motive I had, no matter what. Okay? You know, before receiving as a young man and young boy, no matter what, I keep absolute purity, no matter any kind of the sexual environment come and then attack me, keep absolute purity. We call that kind of person the righteous person. Not simple because the world is so much secular, so much adulterous environment. Keeping purity, not simple. Keeping fidelity between husband and wife after receiving blessing, not simple. But always you need to remind your first motive. First motive. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Thank you so much. Today I talk about keep your first motive very well. Kamsahamida. Thank you. Kamsahamida, Dr. Young. Wow. <laughs> Get another powerful morning devotion on maintaining your first motive. It's like a, a panacea to every problem in life. Just go back to God's original motive and that can that can solve everything. Thank you so much, Dr. Young, for today's word. And with that, we're going to go on to our living testimony. And I saw him today dressed really nicely. So I was like, Maybe something's going on. Well, I'm really grateful to welcome him up. We have Bill Storner, Executive uh, Director of UPF Midwest, sharing his experience in God guiding Christina Sharp, an ambassador of peace, connecting with him and UPF. So let's welcome up Bill. Uh, good morning, Dr. Yong. Wow, handsome man, Bill yeah. Storner. <laughs> wow, today you're more handsome than before. Well, that's only because I'm uh, in the meeting room with you. <laughs> so I want to thank you very much for this opportunity to share a very powerful experience that God has given me. So I'm going to uh, share my screen, if I may. This may take just a second. Okay. So did um, my screen come up? Yes, it's very clear. Okay, great, great. So, Dr. Young, uh, the reason why uh, I am here today is not because this is a testimony about me, who I am, what I'm doing, but I really want, I want to establish the fact that this is a testimony about how God is working miracles 
and is desperate to work through any and all of us. Yeah, right. Mm. So uh, I first became aware of the fact that in as much as I'm trying, I'm, I'm going through the motions. I was in a breakout room with you a few months ago, and you told me, take care of the ambassadors of peace. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me, when you said that, I, I, I was reminded of the scripture in the Bible where Jesus tells Peter, take care of my sheep. Yeah. <laughs> and so I felt that I wasn't really doing enough because in, in some ways, I was just trying to bring members, or I should say other citizens, into UPF through the Ambassadors for Peace. But I came to realize that I really need to consider them as God's precious children, and I'm going to make each of them my spiritual children. Also, I received inspiration from our international president, Dr. Uh, Michael Jenkins, in which he told us that it's not enough to have occasional Ambassadors for Peace, but we should be doing this every month. So I entered this new year of 2023 with a new goal Beautiful. of having an ambassador for peace Beautiful. every month. Yeah. So with that determination, then God began to prepare a miracle for me. So this January 13th, uh, 2023, uh, I met my spiritual daughter, Christina Sharp. And it wasn't because I went out looking for her. Actually, she came looking for me. So I just want to share the miraculous way God made this possible. Um, On January 13th, we had a, well, I guess I should back up first. Uh, Christina received an inspiration over a year ago that she should become a peace ambassador. Now, she didn't know what that meant. She didn't know how to do it, how to prepare herself. So she went to the Internet and researched what it meant, and she received the name of the Universal. Universal Peace Federation, because we have a lot of ambassadors of peace. So she called our office and tried to find out how to get in touch with us. They unfortunately had an old number of mine that was no longer active. So that was the first attempt. She couldn't get a hold of us. So fast forward, January 13th, she got another inspiration that she should go to a, a Christian revival, but she didn't know which one, which church, when, and what pastor. So she called up one of her friends uh, who's in the church with her and tried to find out if that uh, her friend might be able to help her find out which church. So her friend wasn't available, didn't answer her phone. That was the second attempt that failed. So at that point, it God could have said, OK, I've tried enough. Christina could have said, well, I tried enough. But if we remember from uh, Isaiah 46, 11, when, whenever God determines that he will accomplish, nothing stops him. So God gives a third inspiration to Christina. Instead of calling her friend, God told her to go to her friend's Facebook account. So when she went to her friend's Facebook account, that's where she found this flyer. This flyer is uh, about an event that happened on January 13th uh, at the Jerusalem Temple Apostolic Church. And that's the church of Bishop Derek Jefferson, a very good friend of mine. He's actually one of our ambassadors of peace. So he created this program with other pastors to honor Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm. And at that event, 
Christina shows up because she had heard a, a previous sermon by the guest preacher, Dr. Joshua Carson, and she knew he was a good preacher. So she came to hear him. But little did she know that at the conclusion uh, of that, that revival, uh, Bishop Jefferson gave me an opportunity to offer an ambassador for peace certificate to one of our very close ministers, uh, Reverend Kenneth Alexander. Yeah. So here, this is a photograph in which I'm explaining the value of the ambassador for peace and how it was a continuation of Dr. Martin Luther King's mission of restoring America. Mm. So it was really beautiful. Uh, his wife, uh, Reverend Kenneth Alexander's wife, Dr. Madeline Alexander, is one of our first ambassadors for peace. She received the award, I should say, received the certificate in 2008. So she wanted to get involved. So I gave her the certificate so that she could give it to her husband. Wow. So the, this is an older ambassador for peace welcoming a new ambassador for peace. Mm. It's really cute. At first they shook hands because it was an official ceremony. And then he kind of leaned over and kissed her. And it was really cute. So when that happened, then she began to realize, ah, that's the group that God's been trying to lead me to. This is where I can This is where I can find out how to become an ambassador for peace. Mm. And so she shared with me that she was looking for me because she get, got this revelation. Mm. And so I can't, when she told me about her life and her motivation, I realized that she is from a lineage that is really very pure. Also, God has been guiding her about the, the situation in America now needs to be purified. Um, the first photograph that I showed of you showed to you, she was in a courtroom. We use these photos to introduce each of our ambassadors for peace. She had her photograph taken in a courtroom because it is her goal to become a judge. She's now in law school right now. So I felt this woman is really prepared. I don't have to wait to do more research. I can tell just from what she has told me that she is a person that God has prepared. So I asked her, would you be able to come to one of our events uh, which was one of our recent ones in which we honored the uh, International Day of Women. And so she said, yes, yeah, she'd be glad to. Uh, she came to that event in which we gave her the certificate and she became a new ambassador for peace. And at the same time, she said, I like this group. I want to become a part of this group. How do, how do I become a member? Oh. Immediately, she said, I want to become a member. And then she also said, how can I help? Yeah. This moved my heart so much because she was ready to get involved. She mm. didn't have to do any more research. So I invited her to be one of the speakers at this event about International Day of Women. So not having really researched or known much about our organization, she came on the show to testify to how Mother's vision of heavenly femininity is what the rest of the world needs. Mm. So... Uh, I just wanted to uh, share about the fact that she has been living this standard herself mm. uh, before she found out how to become an ambassador for peace at her old job when she was working at the state government office. She was going into situations where she could see where people may have been disharmonious or were arguing or fighting with one another. She purposefully got involved in those kind of situations and 
took responsibility to resolve the conflict and find solutions. So she got the nickname of being the uh, ambassador for peace at her old job, even before she met uh, the Uni Universal Peace Federation. So I just wanted to testify that God is willing and anxious to work through any of us, any situation. So we should not have the concept that we have to wait for the right situation or the right person. All right. So this is what happens when you we find ambassadors for peace. Then they testify to who true parents are. Mm -hmm. And I just really want to ask everyone, don't think that the Universal Peace Federation is just for those who are in that particular mission. Mm -hmm. Any and all of us, whenever we go anywhere, we can invite people to come to these Universal Peace meetings. Mm -hmm. And we should always have the business card of the local UPF director to give to anyone, take down somebody's name and number when they've they're excited about trying to bring healing to America and introduce that person to your local UPF director. Then we can grow the, the number and the quality of the ambassadors for peace. Sure so is. God is working miraculously. Wow. Please let him work in your life too. Okay, thank you, Bill Stoner, for your beautiful testimony. It is really, really inspiring. Thank you so much. Actually, you know, true father is really genius. And then, you know, create the, the providence of the ambassador for peace. This is a great strategy, ambassador for peace. Everybody love to get that kind of certificate of the ambassador for peace. We can approach it to academic area, you know, political area, business area, yes. any kind of the area. Father gave us a such a wonderful vision and wonderful strategy that I really, even I am thinking that even ACLC minister need to need to get this kind of ambassador for mm. peace certificate and become very very powerful. They can become ambassador for peace in religious field, someone in business field, someone political field, and academic field. How much powerful! So. I think Bill Stoner, I want to give you another homework. <laughs> you know, we just, we did wonderful one day uh, introductory the Divine Principle Seminar uh, in Los Angeles. I hope you work together with your sub-regional leaders. You need to organize that kind of one day beautiful seminar, minimum 120 people. Then I will make it, I will go to your area, Bill Stoner. Thank you. God bless you. You can do it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Uncle Bill. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Thank you for sharing.